It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. The Knicks want a playoff game, and no, that's not the start of a joke. What do the Colts need from Carson Wentz in year one? Plus, who's been the best player in the NBA playoffs so far? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and the biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The fans at an NBA playoff game helped buoy a team to a huge win. Maybe nature really is healing. That is a normal NBA playoff thing to happen. The Knicks winning a playoff game, a less normal thing to happen. Joining me now from Locked On Knicks, Alex Wolf and Alex, the Knicks use a monster second half in which they outscore the Atlanta Hawks 30 or 57 to 35 in a comeback win buoyed in no small part by a raucous Madison Square Garden audience there. What was your, the difference for you in how the, the Knicks finished this game versus game one? Well, I mean, the fans were obviously part of it. Um, I, but really, I mean, the first thing is start the second half without Alfred Payton and Nerlens Noel in the starting lineup, clearly both of whom were not working out. In the first half, uh, Tibbs makes the switch to Derrick Rose and Taj Gibson, his old reliables, you know, and that works out really good. Uh, that was a great decision. It allowed the Knicks to finally not come out flat to start a half, which just seems to happen all the time. Go figure with Alfred Payton out there. Um, but, it, you know, I'm not going to pile on on him, but uh, Julius Randle figured himself out, too. I mean, he was he was just miserably bad in the first half. Um, he was totally horrendous. He was making terrible decisions uh, with the ball in his hands, which the Knicks need him to be their engine if they're going to win games. And I, I still wouldn't quite say that he got back to his best status in this game, but he did at least you know do enough, especially in that third quarter, to get them back into the game and push them towards the victory. Yeah, if I told you before the game that Julius Randle – um, was going to go five of 16 and score 15 points following up a horrendous shooting game in game one as well. You probably would have told me that the Knicks lost easily. So how were they able to make up that difference? I use Rose first and foremost. I mean, Rose buoyed them in the first half, made it so that they weren't down by even more than they were uh, with, I believe, 14 first half points and then just kept it going in that second half once he got the start. What was nice, too, was that Rose was able to have fresh legs down the stretch for once. I mean, that's a that's an underrated part of the whole not starting Alfred Payton and starting Derrick Rose thing is that Rose doesn't have to play like 17 straight minutes to end end each half. You know, it's just it's been kind of unfair on him recently where he's just been tasked with basically playing half of the third quarter and the whole fourth. So, you know, that was part of it. He played great. But other than that, it was just kind of really I mean, not to be like cliche, but it was a team effort. Um it was, you know, just timely shot making from all over the roster. Like Alec Burks made a couple shots, had a big layup down the stretch. 
Uh, Bullock, as I said, you know, made some key three-pointers. Randall had his big third quarter, but was pretty quiet, you know, in the other three quarters. The fourth, you know, it wasn't so much that he was playing poorly. It's just, you know, other guys were, were hitting shots, which worked out. And Obi Toppin, too, spelled Randall for 12 minutes in this game, which is really high for him. And Obi had the garden chanting his name at one point, uh, so much so that his his mom started crying in the crowd. It was a really sweet moment. Uh, but, you know, he, he just had a fantastic game as well. Uh, hit a three-pointer, had a huge sequence where he blocked a shot, got down on the other end for a dunk. So, I mean, this was, uh, as the Knicks like to say, and as uh, Brooklyn has decided to co-opt and gentrify, the Knicks were the big 15 in this game. And, uh, you know, that, that never rang truer than this one. Locked On Today is brought to you in partnership with Odyssey. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, your new home for music, news, sports, and podcasts. Download the Odyssey app today. Coming up, what do the Colts need from Carson Wentz in year one? That's next. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oils, and even new carpet. Whether it's your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Donovan Mitchell returned and the Jazz once again look like the top seed in the West despite John Morant's best efforts. The Utah Jazz have evened the series against the Memphis Grizzlies with a 141-129 win. I'm David Locke with Locked on Jazz on a night where John Morant established himself as a rising star in the NBA. The Jazz collective effort got it done, but Mike Conley was the story late. Seven fourth quarter assists, finding Rudy Gobert numerous times in the pick and roll. An adjustment from the Jazz on how they ran it and the spacing on it, allowing the Jazz to score at a regular rate in a game that had the number one defense against the number six defense in the NBA, and no one could get any stops. The Jazz 141 points is the most they've ever scored in a playoff game, but the Grizzlies third quarter explosion of 43 points is the most the Jazz have ever allowed in a playoff quarter. John Stockton, by the way, was the last Jazz player to have 20 points and 15 assists before Mike Conley did it tonight for the Jazz. The series is tied at one. Two defensive juggernauts have no idea how to stop each other. We'll see what happens game three on Saturday. Russell Westbrook had to be held back by arena security after popcorn was dumped on his head as he exited Wednesday night's game in Philadelphia with a right ankle injury. With 10-28 remaining in the fourth quarter and the Wizards trailing the 76ers by 17 in game two of their first round playoff series, Westbrook stepped on 76ers guard Furkan Korkmaz's foot and rolled his ankle. The 76ers went on to win 120-95 and take a 2-0 lead on the Wizards. Wednesday night was the end of the playoffs for Sidney Crosby and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Here's Locked On Islanders host, Gil Martin. Islanders get it done. They beat the Pittsburgh Penguins 5-3 to to win the series in six games and advance to the second round of the playoffs. Great game all around. The Islanders did the little things they needed to do once they got that lead. 
Brock Nelson, two goals. Couldn't quite finish the hat trick with an empty net, but great game for him. Anthony Bavillier comes up big, and you can't say enough about Ilya Sorokin, who after a slow start, shut the door on the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Islanders were resilient. They overcame some one-goal deficits three times, and once they got the lead, they did all the little things needed in order to win this hockey game. Cleared the puck, blocked shots, took the safe plays, and managed to whittle down the time and win this hockey game. The battle for Florida was decided last night, and for one team, the playoff beards had to come off. This is a clean-shaven Armando Velez here from the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. You know what this means? It means that the Florida Panthers have been eliminated from playoff contention after losing by a final score of 4 to nothing against the Tampa Bay Lightning in Game 6 on the road in Amelie Arena. The Florida Panthers knew that this was going to be a tall task to get yet another road game to bring this back to Sunrise, Florida for a Game 7, but unfortunately they didn't get to Game 7. Andre Vasilevsky was just incredible, stopping all 29 of his shots against the Florida Panthers. Though this isn't the result that the Florida Panthers wanted, this has been a very successful season and the Florida Panthers are heading into the right direction. That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for today on betonline.ag. The NBA playoffs are underway, and of course, BetOnline has you covered. After getting blown out in Game 2 by the Bucks in Milwaukee, Miami attempts to get back into the series as it shifts to Miami. The BetOnline.ag line is still Milwaukee favored by one and a half. The Suns and Lakers are tied at one game apiece. That series heads to Los Angeles, and the BetOnline.ag line for that game is Lakers giving seven and finally, you have the Nuggets and the Trailblazers tied at one game apiece. The BetOnline.ag line for that game is Portland giving four. For all your NBA playoffs, Stanley Cup playoffs, NBA, and golf odds, BetOnline has you covered. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Here is another story you need to know. It may seem like years ago now. It is certainly about a half a dozen quarterback moves ago now. The Indianapolis Colts trade for Carson Wentz. He is now on the field in Indianapolis for Frank Reich, who coached him in Philadelphia. Joining me now from Locked on Colts, Evan Sidery. And Evan, what are your high-level anticipations for what you expect from Carson Wentz in year one? From what we've heard so far out of Colts OTAs, which actually just wrapped up today, Carson Wentz seems to be picking up in the offense pretty quickly. And he's also, from the leadership standpoint, seems to be meshing very well with this Colts locker room, the culture they have in place. It seems like to me it's really ripe for a bounce back type of year for Carson Wentz. I won't go hyperbolic and say like a top five, top 10 season out of him, but I think in that 12 to 14 range of quarterbacks, I think it could make a lot of sense. He's getting back with his old offense coordinator, Frank Reich. The person he's mentioned multiple times he's trusted the most of any coach he's had coached him before. Then you also have just the infrastructure in place around him. You have the running game of Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack and Naeem Hines. You have the weapons in T.Y. Hilton, Michael Pittman Jr. and Paris Campbell. Who knows, they may go after Julio Jones as well if they want to get in that mix. But you also have the offensive line as well, led by Quentin Nelson, and the defense on the other side, which is very good. I think very underrated in the NFL. All those pieces in place for Carson Wentz where he doesn't have to be playing hero ball like he did last year in Philadelphia. If he cuts down those turnovers, Peter, it could be a year where he really does bounce back in a good way. The the Colts were able to be a playoff team last year and, and nearly take down 
the Buffalo Bills with Phillip Rivers at quarterback. He he had what I would consider a good, not great season last year. So what do the Colts need from Carson Wentz? You mentioned that top 12, top 14 kind of, of quarterback. If they get that, how good can this Colts team be? I think they could be actually really good, Peter. I think they're in a position where if Wentz does bounce back to above average levels in the NFL, they could be a 12-win team. I predict them going 12-5 and five in my record prediction on the show a couple weeks ago. And I really think something along the lines of 11-12, possibly 13 wins could happen if Wentz does indeed bounce back. This team is really set up well for Wentz, like I mentioned, to really have a true bounce-back campaign where he doesn't have to have everything on his shoulders. There's not going to be a lot of pressure in the Indianapolis market as well, like it was in Philadelphia. And you also have just the trust with the head coach and Frank Reich, where if Wentz is able to just play efficient football, like we saw Philip Rivers last year, where he cut down his turnovers by by half, and he wasn't even touched that much last year with the offensive line. He had 19 sacks last year. If Wentz gets good production, the offensive line stays healthy. I think they're a team that could battle for that two or three seed in the AFC this year. Who has been the best player in the NBA playoffs so far? Our Q of the Day is next. You've heard me tell you this before. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It is the best tasting protein bar ever. And if you haven't checked it out, what are you waiting for? What do you have to lose? It tastes delicious and yet is still something that you can feel good about putting in your body. They come in nine classic flavors and then of course limited edition flavors that almost always sell out because they know how to do the best tasting protein bar ever. That's what they do. It's remarkable. It's magic. I don't pretend to understand it. All I know is I eat them almost every day because they have become a critical part of fighting hunger in my day where I'm not eating garbage. You can do it too. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com with the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. They say that in the playoffs, the game changes. Well, for a lot of the superstar players in our league, the game doesn't change. They just get better. They get stronger and they put their imprint on it in a more impactful way. We've seen superstars take over these games basically every night we've had the NBA playoffs and to decide who has been the best so far. Joining me now from Locked on Mavs, Nick Axstad and Nick, we're telegraphing this a little bit by bringing you on to ask you this question, but I will ask it anyway. Who has been the best player in these playoffs? Oh, I don't know. Could be a 22-year-old Slovenian that's just dominating against a team that he shouldn't be dominating against, that he has no business to. Uh, Luka Doncic, obviously, I think is the number one answer here. He's just been absolutely just killing the Clippers. They have no answer for him. Again, he's 22 years old, and he really isn't, he hasn't even had a crazy good game yet. It's just these casual 39-point games that he has. He makes it look so easy, and combined in games one and two, He's had five points in the fourth quarter. He's not even had to like really put it on in the fourth quarter yet in some of these games. So he's obviously the number one. Uh, full disclosure, recording before some of these Wednesday games, so maybe a Trey Young or maybe a Joel Embiid went off in this. But uh, Damian Lillard and Nikola Jokic are both guys that have had incredible games. They split that series, and that's going to be a battle between those two guys to see who can drag the rest of their team farther, basically, between those two. And so those guys have had a, you know some pretty good games. 
Uh, honestly, Kawhi Leonard has had some pretty good games against the, the Mavericks, but it hasn't really panned out for the rest of his team for sure. Uh, and then obviously, you know, Trey Young, what he did in game one was absolutely wild. And then Dylan Brooks, you kind of have to give Dylan Brooks and John Moran a little bit of a nudge there for what they did in game one. I would also add not Eric Bledsoe for the Milwaukee Bucks has been a really impactful player for them in, in their series. What's really interesting about this, and you mentioned the Kawhi Leonard part of this. He's been awesome. He's averaging almost 40 points a game in two in two meetings with the Mavs. The Clippers wanted this matchup. They lost games late in the year to avoid the Lakers to get Luka Doncic. And, and that is what's really remarkable to me. This is This is a guy who was playing professionally as a teenager and has come right into the NBA and been a superstar. He's now a super duper star. How much of this do you think Luca's going, look, you wanted to play me and and now this is what you get? I honestly don't know if Luca considers any of that. I think he I think he looks He's at games too cool. Because when asked, someone asked him about, you know, oh, Kawhi Leonard guards you or Patrick Beverly guards you. What do you think about and what do you consider when those two guys? And his answer was, you know, Kawhi is a very good defender, and also Paul George is a good defender on that team, but to me, it doesn't matter. I'm going to go out there and play my game and make the right decisions. Like, I don't even know if he sees who's in front of him. He just goes out there and plays his game and plays what's in front of him. Maybe maybe they, there was a little bit of bulletin board material when the Clippers decided to uh, when the Clippers decided to you know tank and get the Mavericks. I think, personally, if they tried to get out of the Lakers bracket and avoid that side of the bracket, that means they were completely overlooking the Mavericks in general in this first round. And so that's even more egregious than we'd rather have the Mavericks than than have the, the you know the Blazers or, or Nuggets or whoever. And so that that's really interesting. But I don't know if they take he takes any of that as bulletin board, but he may have also had this series from last season, this team, you know, from last season that they they faced in the in the playoffs. He may have had that like in the back of his mind. Marcus Morris came at me, you know, these guys were all saying stuff and coming at me. And now all of a sudden I'm going to come back and show you, but he's not going to say anything like that to the media. It's all just speculating what he's thinking about, but he may not care who's in front of him. He just loves playing the game. And uh, I'm very excited to see him play in front of some fans. And finally, not able to contain their feud to the golf course, Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau traded barbs Wednesday on social media. After some tongue-in-cheek banter on social following the announcement that Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback Tom Brady and PGA champion Phil Mickelson will be taking on DeChambeau and Green Bay Packers quarterback, at least for now, Aaron Rodgers on July 6th in the next iteration of the match, Kepka entered the fray, tweeting, Sorry, bro at Aaron Rodgers, expressing, of course, fake concern that Rodgers had to spend so much time with DeChambeau. Then DeChambeau responded directly to Brooks Kepka, saying, it's nice to be living rent-free in your head. One thing I know is living rent-free in a lot of people's heads is Aaron Rodgers' future for the Green Bay Packers, and we're going to see him on the golf course before we see him in a Packers uniform. I would bet dollars to donuts. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Listen to Locked on Bets. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. coming up Friday. Can the Lakers take control of their series against Phoenix? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.